Well, Wichita means home. I think that we're perfectly balanced. I think that we're very lucky to live in the middle of the United States. I always say that we have a crystal ball here. We can see what's about to hit us, what's coming from the coast, so we can insulate ourselves, we can prepare, we can create, we can abort, whatever that looks like with our businesses. I think Wichita is, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a, an excellent place to call home. I'm really proud to be from Wichita. Welcome back to another episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. My name is Landon. Today's sponsor is Il Primo Espresso Cafe. It's officially spring and Il Primo always has delicious, fun, seasonal drinks like the Funky Monkey Mocha or the Island Getaway Granita. Stop by El Primo today to start or finish your day off right. Today's guest is Samantha Luciarini. Sam is a third generation real estate professional, but not exactly how you'd imagine. While she does have her real estate license, she runs a niche publication called Real Producers, as well as a podcast called Beyond the Pages. Sam also runs a local publication called Be Local. We talk all about how Wichita has changed, her love for Wichita, what she's learned about herself through entrepreneurship and parenthood, and much more. Enjoy my conversation with Samantha Luciarini. So I want to jump right into it. Um, but first, I would love to start with talking about Amelia and Roman. What okay. can you tell me about them? Uh, Amelia and Roman are my dogs, uh, a.k.a. my four-legged children. So Amelia is a five-year-old Doberman Pinscher and Roman is a two-year-old Doberman Pinscher. And I had lived across the street from a gal that was um, own, owning Dobermans and raised them, breeding them. And I just fell in love with the breed because they are absolutely an emotional support animal. They are needy and codependent and loving. Um, and of course they can be very aggressive oh, and very sure, protective yeah. naturally without me having to do that. But I just find so much joy. They're definitely one of the highlights of my life and I am completely unreasonably obsessed with my dogs, but that's, that's reasonable. We're dog people as well. So yes, yeah, we've they, got a, we've got a chocolate lab border collie mix. So we know yeah. all about it. Maybe a little less aggressive. But yes. Oh so yeah. Yours is much people. nicer. My <laughs> dogs are always thinking bad things. Protecting you. Yes. Yeah. So you grew up in Wichita. Tell yes. us a little bit about that. Yeah. Born and raised in Wichita. Um, I did move away for a little while. I was a military brat. So I um, started school in England. I was living on RAF Alconbury, uh, which is Royal Air Force Base Alconbury, okay. from the ages of four to eight and came back with a British accent. Unfortunately, that did not <laughs> last long because everyone sounds so much more refined and, and intelligent with a British accent. And um, in England, they actually start you a year younger. And so I came here back to the States and I was able to immediately go into second grade instead of having to repeat oh, wow. first grade. Okay. And so I've always been the youngest in my uh, in my classes, but born and raised, I love it. I'm so glad that we returned back to Wichita and um, you know moved away for college, moved away a couple of times, but it always has brought me back. So I've boomeranged three times and it's, uh, I couldn't have, I couldn't have planned it more beautifully. Sure. I think a lot of people maybe are here their whole life or like I moved from Nebraska to Wichita when I, or to Andover when I was like nine or 10. Um, and I never felt like the need to get out, but I was like excited to get out. So we moved huh. to Corpus Christi for a year and then came back. And so that gave me like just enough taste, but did, 
since you were already gone multiple times, did you ever yeah. feel like you needed to get out of Wichita during any of those chunks? Of course. I would say I went to um, college at KU. Right. And of course, I was really chomping at the bit to get out of out of Wichita, thinking mm-hmm. that there's nothing to do here. You know, and it wasn't the Wichita that it is today for right. our, our teenagers. And so I... I did learn, um, you know, I lived in the Florida Keys, I lived in Dallas, and there were times where I just yearned for Wichita. I yearned for the four seasons, the open spaces, the people, mm-hmm. um, just what I was familiar with. And we just have such, we have it so good here. Yeah. And I, I always loved coming home to visit, but it was always good to move back. For sure. Um, and you went to Cape Inn and you also had a little stint at Wichita State as well, right? That's right. So I, I was... Yep, graduated from Capen, go Crusaders in year 2000, and uh, did my first four years of a five-year degree at KU, and then came home, um, actually had my son, who's now 17, and finished nice, yeah. out my last two semesters at WSU, so okay. I can claim both. So oh, I was absolutely. heartbroken when uh, the Jayhawks lost last week, and they're out of the dance, mm-hmm. but um, I'll always be able to cheer on the Shockers. Yeah, that was heartbreaking, especially with just uh, rooting for Grady Dick, kind of a yes. hometown kid, and yes. stuff. So, yeah. I think we had a lot of bad calls. I think that was a lot of it. But yeah, that's yeah, all right. That's sad. So what what is what are the biggest differences now in Wichita to you? Oh my gosh, Landon, how much time do we have? Right. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, I think the infusion of arts, mm-hmm. the infusion of um, just all of the events going on. Right. I mean, you you post a comprehensive list every single week. I mean, mm-hmm. there are so many things going on, and it is so broad. There's something for everybody. Yeah. Right. As niche as you want to get, or as broad as you'd like to get. But I think also just the places to go to do things. You know, it's not just the roller skating rinks. Mm-hmm. It's not just the movie theaters <laughs> and the mall. Like that's all there was. Sure. Right. And then when you got into high school, it was like field parties and house parties. And that's not the case anymore. Um, There's just so much. And if someone says that there's nothing to do in Wichita, it's because they have not gone out to explore or they're lazy. Oh, I agree. I mean, there's just no other way. I don't think you can actually say that if you've tried at all. There's nothing. I mean, there's not only like say cars and coffee just started back up last weekend, right? Which my Mm -hmm. son is obsessed with, but now they have like a rigs and coffee for like the trucks and the Jeeps. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You need to put that on there. Uh, Drake can tell you where it's at, but it's, there's just something for everybody. I mean, whether you want to be a horse girl or a car guy or arts or you name it, there's, there's a lot. I mean, we can barely keep up right with telling the city about what's happening. Yeah. And it's, and I feel like, I mean, as I probably should be in the position I'm in, but like, I feel like I'm pretty tied into what's going on, but then it's like, there's, I feel like there's always something like once a day or multiple times a week. I don't even realize people are thinking up new things. I mean, and that's the beauty of Wichita. The other big thing that I missed is we're such an incubator Mm -hmm. for ideas and entrepreneurs and startups, even just as something like that, that makes no money. And they're just, people just created cars and coffee, Rob did and whoever created rigs and coffee, just because they love it out of their heart, out of their passion, Mm -hmm. but they're filling a void and we have that everywhere. Absolutely. Something I've been thinking about more lately is like, how do you tap in or how do you help share, amplify those pockets in Wichita? So cars and coffee. Yes. There's a very passionate group of people like your son about cars yes. and trucks, or um, we went to, we had never been to a wings game before like a month yeah. or two ago. And you go there and like, it's not sold out at Hartman, but there's a few thousand people that are screaming. They are so passionate about wing soccer. Yeah. It's like, okay. What other pockets are there like that? Uh, it's really there's cool. Thousands. Yeah. They're everywhere. And not just in the Wichita city limits all around. That's the beauty. You know, Mm -hmm. we've got 600,000 people here and there's a lot of passions. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. To get into your career path a little bit, um, what was your degree and what was your kind of first job out of school? Yeah. So my, I would say that my, 
My first uh, job has always been the family business, which is real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, child labor laws don't exist when you grow up in a family of entrepreneurs. Um, but my degree was in health services management. Okay. And so I really took a sabbatical from the real estate industry, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that I wanted to do medical. And, you know, I love the blood and the guts and all of that. And so I did that in different, uh, a couple of different medical industries. Um, and then that kind of morphed into sales, you know, so like drug sales, device sales. Mm-hmm. And then that started to grow more of my entrepreneurial spirit. And so started, um, I opened the Lululemon showroom here, opened the Orange Theory Fitnesses here. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, yeah. And then decided, you know what, like, the bug bit me. It got me good. I was yeah. like, I'm going back into real estate. And so in 2015, I really dove back into real estate. And uh, really, the rest is history after that. That's yeah. where the magazines came into play was just kind of building on the foundation and the connections and, and the networks and knowledge I'd gained over all of those different positions. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I didn't realize about Orange Theory. And, yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We we were the OGs of placing all the orange bikes around town. Yeah. And uh, the city didn't like that sometimes, but it worked. Everyone yeah. wanted to oh, know yeah. what the orange bikes Started were talking, for. Yeah. Yep. And we were able to build that membership base really well. That's very cool. Um, so you are, I believe, third generation that's real, right. real estate agent. That's, that's awesome. That's right. Thank um, you. So I guess you were kind of in and out of it a little bit, but mm-hmm. is it pretty easy to step back or while you're in it to see the big cycles, the big swings in the market? And Absolutely. It really is. You don't even have to be paying that close of attention to know. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, national media uh, is very full of propaganda and we cannot listen to national media right. when it comes to real estate because it's very localized. It's very specialized. Sure. It's very relative. And I, I was. I got my license originally in 2005. So I was there at the heyday and I was there watching my parents go through it with 2008 to 2010. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my parents were very well positioned. um, Like anybody, if you save that liquid, then uh, you could take advantage of opportunities. Yep. And that's how you really build your wealth. You make your money when you buy the property, right? Mm -hmm. And I was able to really get an inside view of what was happening from them. And they were boots on the ground. Uh, And after every, this is the thing I want people to know if they take nothing else from this podcast, even if it has nothing to do with our passion for Wichita, is that after every winter in any business, in any industry, always, spring always follows a winter, always, right? So you're not going to have interest rates that say a 7%. We're probably never getting interest rates back down in the twos. That was unheard of. Mm-hmm. That was a perfect storm from so many different yeah. factors that we don't have to dive into because we're going to stay apolitical. Mm-hmm. But we, um, no matter what it is, in any, you know, our, our businesses, in, in, Coke, whatever that might be, like there's always going to be right. valleys and um, you will get through them and the strong will survive. And when you have strong relationships, um, all of our businesses are relationship based. They really are when you peel it back. And yep. those that have built their relationships and done it the right way will come out of this just fine. For sure. Absolutely. I agree. Um, so Real Producers Magazine, we're going to start yes. off there while we're on the real estate topic. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I believe yeah. it's been around March 2019, but how did that even get yeah. on your radar? Yeah. Um, so I was looking on LinkedIn, uh, which is one of my favorite platforms, and I saw that a publishing company that I was already familiar with was looking for someone to own the real estate magazine here in the Wichita territory. And I thought, huh. I like that because um, although I know real estate very well, Mm -hmm. it wasn't filling my cup. Sure. And uh, there's a big feast or famine cycle there. You only eat what you kill. And I was getting tired of the grind, to be honest with you. And I thought, you know, I, I think I could do that. And so I contacted the local publisher here. And she said, Sam, you'd be great at this. Don't touch anything. Don't click anything. Let me just fast forward you and connect you. Uh, And fast forward. April 1, I hit the ground running after... um, 
going to training in Chicago. And we went to print in September of 2019 with Wichita Real Producers. And it's a national franchise. Our publishing company is nearly 20 years old. And we print thousands of niche magazines every single month. This is what we do. We connect the best businesses to their target market through magazines and Mm -hmm. events and social media. And Wichita Real Producers is very niche to the real estate industry, both residential and commercial. We tell the stories of agents. Everything we do for a real estate agent is 100% free. They can never pay to be in our magazine. That's the big, big winner, right? It's not a pay to play for them. We love on them. We elevate them. We cheerlead them. um, We brag about them. Mm -hmm. And these agents are very competitive. They've got big egos. And that's why Real Producers works in 130 locations across the nation because we're loving on these agents and helping them get to know their fellow peers, especially outside of their brokerage. And then the other problem that it's solving is it's connecting the best businesses in town to the agents. And that's how everything is paid for. It is a pay to play for the businesses. Uh, We create incredible events every month. We have a podcast here in the same Trestle Studios. Um, and we, I've just created a lot of fun little value adds to help connect the businesses to agents yeah. and really um, unite this community. For sure. How has the reception been on both sides, whether the agents or the businesses? Yeah, I mean, they love it. Yeah. And I, I, I tell, I'll tell the best agent, I'll look them square in the eyes and say, you know what, I respect what you do, but I have the best real estate gig in Wichita. And I believe that because yeah. I, I get to make friends. My sphere grows every day. And they they know that my heart and soul is being poured into this every single every single time that I yeah. publish a magazine every month, and mm-hmm. they they appreciate it, and I appreciate their support. Our social media platform is very public, sure. right? And yeah. so you're able to um, you know follow us on TikTok or Instagram or yeah. LinkedIn or, or you know Facebook, and um, and that's okay. People will do that, and people that don't want to join the platform and pay to advertise, they mm-hmm. can still watch what's happening, and and that's okay. Sure. Uh, but if they want to be invited to the events. Um, then, then that's really, you got you got to pay to play if you're a business, yeah. but it is. Um, the, the physical magazine is going to basically every single brokerage in town and it's going to the top okay. agents. Nice. But yeah, you got to be in the real estate industry to know what that's about. Yeah, for sure. I would not know. <laughs> um, what's it like being part of a franchise? Like, what are the challenges of that? What's kind of the, what are the, the benefits side of that? And yeah. that'll kind of lead us into the be local stuff as well. Yeah. Um, I absolutely have, I mean, genuinely from the bottom of my heart, nothing negative to say about being a franchisee. I think it is, it is the biggest gift of my life, short from like, you know, the people sure, in my life. Sure. It, this has been life changing for me. It's completely changed my trajectory. And um, I have this incredible infrastructure, uh, this blueprint of of what to do. Now I have a lot of autonomy mm-hmm. and I've got friends in almost every single city across the nation because of this. And I just say, we lovingly plagiarize off of one another. So whether that's, you know, my friends down in Dallas or my friends up in Kansas city or, you know, East coast, West coast, I've got them everywhere. And we constantly communicate and we are sharing ideas and sharing documents and elevating ourselves. And I really do believe in that rising tide and that collaboration. I mean, I do, I walk the walk and talk the talk when it comes to collaboration, no matter what area of my life we're talking about. And they, they provide this incredible infrastructure and support. Um, But like I said, with the autonomy, I'm one of the very few real producer publishers across the nation that actually involves the commercial real estate industry. Mm, But I do see a need for it, right? I want to connect the commercial agents with their referral partners and residential and vice versa, because most agents are not going to do a good job of both. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say all because I never say all or never, but they won't the the languages are different and so i just really appreciate that i'm able to run that how i see best fit for my local community oh that's that's awesome yeah um and do you so you own the wichita 
branch and you said there's 130? There's 130 real producer publishers across okay. the nation. Are you involved with many others or just the Wichita one or how does uh, that work? I'm very involved actually. Um, we, Wichita has actually proven to be one of... Um, a very successful real producers magazine yeah. across the nation. I'm, I'm usually, I was number one last year. Congrats, uh, yeah. Thank you in, in profitability and in revenue. And we, I also, because I do have the real estate background, I am actually one of the two ambassadors nationwide oh, wow. to help recruit for real producers. Sure. And so Kelly Kilmer, who owns the OKC and Tulsa real producers just South of us and myself are both agents. Now she oh. is an active broker and agent and I'm mm. an inactive agent. Uh, but we are recruiting. We've basically split the United States in half, and we are just going out there and finding more real estate people wow. like ourselves, uh, whether they're you know actively producing or not, and letting them see that they can be that that connector yeah. in their real estate community because they can leverage all their knowledge and their connections. And uh, it's been great so far. I've already got uh, one person and uh, that signed on and signed their franchise disclosure documents um, yeah. up in the northeast part of the United States, and we've got another one working in Idaho. So, cool. anyone that wants to own a Real Producers magazine, let me know. Let's, yeah. uh, let's have a them talk. To be the Sam of their it is community. So fulfilling. That's awesome. That's really cool. Thank you. Um, how do you, how do, I guess the, you, the top realtors, right? Uh, yes. How do you, is that just dollar volume that month or how yeah, do you, or that so year? great question. Everyone wants to know that. They think that uh, maybe because they're in president's club or master circle with our realtors of South Central Kansas, that they automatically become mm -hmm. top 300. And unfortunately where I have nothing to do with RSCK other than I pay my dues every mm -hmm. year. Um, but what I do is every January, I take a several different lists. I pull from three different sources okay. and I comb through them. And so I say, I live in Excel spreadsheet land every mm -hmm. January for about two weeks. And I take into account single family, new build, multifamily, small commercial, land, auction, sure. uh, residential and commercial. And I narrow that down to the top 300 based on both volume sure. and transaction. And um, that that's the new list. So yeah. February is the new list of distribution, whether mm -hmm. that's being mailed you know, for the physical mailing. Yep. And every year though, what's really beautiful is there's about a 30% delta. Wow. There's 90 to 100 yeah. new agents on the top 300 list every single year. And yeah. it's been like that since I've been pulling the data in 2018. Sure. Uh, so it's it's a lot of fun to see people that might have come off and come back on, come off, come back on. Someone that was like brand new one year and the next year they're like within the top 50. It's like, wow, wow it's yeah. it's incredible to see their yeah. success. Does anyone get upset if they drop off? Have you gotten any comments or? <sighs> yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, like you mentioned, I'm sure there's some ego in every industry, there is, especially real and, estate. And that's the thing. And I, it breaks my heart when I've got to remove somebody from yeah. the, the, dis, the distribution list. It truly, really yeah. does. Um, but I can't, I can't print 10,000 magazine. Sure. Right. No, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And and so I I still love on them. They're still in the private Facebook group. They're still <laughs> in the digital distribution list. Yeah. Um. But it is it is a little heartbreaking for me. And I know I've I've ticked some people off, and I know people still don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, but I really just encourage those that don't understand it, or maybe don't even like it, to have a conversation with me. Give yeah, me a chance sure. to you know explain it and get to know them because I've told about three hundred agent stories over the course of forty three months in public, you know, in print, yeah. and I've got thousands more to tell. So as long as they're patient and they keep producing and they're they're well respected amongst their peers, they'll be in the magazine. Hundred percent. What are some of the common denominators of those top performers? Like, what yes. are there any themes you see through the top three hundred or the top fifty, top one hundred? Oh yes, I have seen a lot of themes because I ask a lot of questions and I take a lot of notes. I think the biggest one is realizing that they need to treat this like a profession. This isn't just a part-time gig. Mm. Um, if you want to do real estate and you want to survive, um, the other one is really caring about the client and the end goal of that client 
and not just figuring out how to calculate 3% on any number. Sure. Now, I will say, when we all are new into real estate, I think everybody does that, right? Yeah. You're so excited. Oh, yeah. There's big paychecks, four and five figures sometimes. But the sooner that you can get out of that mindset and you really are helping them achieve their goals, it'll pay off. So mm -hmm. I am living proof of if you help enough people get what they want, you get what you want. And I think that you're living proof with that as well with Wichita mm -hmm. Life. Yeah. But in real estate, I think another common denominator is that they are always available. And anyone that thinks that there needs to be a perfect work-life balance is living in la-la land. Sure. That does not exist. If you are doing what you love, and you can ebb and flow between work and life, um, then then you're winning. You know, then that is success. That's how I I define success. And so I remember I always love to tell the story of Sissy Corey. She is with Berkshire Hathaway West, and she is a top producer. She's a top producer in Wichita. She's a top producer in Berkshire Hathaway nationally. Wow. And um, she's very humble. I haven't got Sissy to say yes yet, but I will not give <laughs> up. Uh, and we were meeting, and she's like, "I'm sorry, my phone's ringing. Let me answer this." And I was like, "That's okay. Always, it's always okay. Work yeah, yeah. always comes first. I always know that." And she got on the phone, and she said, "Hey, I'm in a meeting, but I wanted." you to know that I got your phone call and I'll call you back. And she said, I've done that every day from the day that I've started. Everyone wow. knows that I will always answer my phone um, because it's, it's about relationships. And I respected her so much. There wasn't an ounce in me that wow, felt yeah. disrespected. Yeah. I was like, huh, you're a badass. Yeah. I get it now. I yeah. get it why you're so successful. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but there's been several agents that are always like that. They yeah. are so responsive. They are available. Um, they actually care about their clients. They don't care about the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I think you could apply it to a lot of stuff, but it's like you take care of those small things like that. That's right. And it will, yeah, don't worry about the money. The money will come if you take care of everything else. It is so true. I know it sounds cliche and when you're struggling and you're not, you know, you're hunting and you're not, you know, you're not getting anything. It's really difficult, but it's true. Mm -hmm. I was listening back to a couple other podcasts you've been on just kind of since the beginning of you launching Real Producers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think the first one, you didn't quite have the numbers yet. Um, and one of the ones a couple years ago, it was like seven or two thirds women. In yes. the top 100. Is that still It is Sam? still the truth. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it is very interesting. Every year I calculate that and it is right on there. I mean, it is mostly women uh, in, in residential real yeah. estate. Yeah, That's not for commercial. Yeah, in commercial yeah. real estate, it is like 98% men. Interesting. Why do you yeah. think that is? Wow. I think that commercial real estate is is challenging in that you don't have the same platform where mm -hmm. all of the data is stored. They, it's really kind of a back pocket type sure. of thing. It's really, um, I wouldn't say a good old boys because when you say that there's a negative connotation with sure. that. And that's not what I mean at all. Yeah. The, the gentlemen in commercial real estate in Wichita are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I think though that it takes a long time to become established in commercial real estate and women, you know, step away and they have babies and yeah. they raise their children. And I think it's a little bit more difficult, um, in some ways for women to, to break into that because mm -hmm. it is so male dominated, sure. but with residential real estate, um, I couldn't explain that. I mean, I'm sure there's studies out there, but primarily the women, um, get into real estate first. And it's usually the women that corral their husbands into being assistants and then getting the license. Yeah. And then they're before you know it, their husband, wife team. Um, but it's, it's, it is really fun to, sure. to find out the dynamics and get a layer below yeah, just what the data says. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we are in this beautiful Trussell studio. I love for Troy's. Podcast. Yes. Troy, great studio. Um, tell me a little bit about that. 
Is that yeah. common across real producers? Or is that something you just wanted to do? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, coming back to that, lovingly plagiarizing. So a year and a half ago, I was at a conference. We have about three conferences a year where all of us get together and mm-hmm. it's so much fun. And um, I'd been thinking about wanting to do a podcast. Brandon Paulsine had been telling me to yeah. do a podcast from the very <laughs> beginning. And I was <laughs> like, you're crazy, Brandon. No one wants to hear what I have to say. That doesn't make sense. I can't do it. I don't know what to do. All of those self-limiting beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. And I was visiting with my friend, Andrew Regenhard, who's... Um, uh, down in Naples, Florida. He owns Southwest uh, Florida Real Producers, very successful. And he started a podcast and it was just beautiful. And we were having some drinks after conference one day. And he said, Sam, I'm going to send you everything in Google Drive right now. And you just need to go and do it. I'm like, oh gosh, okay, well, there's no excuses now. So I did, and we started out at Groover. I started out with Adam Dreyer, who was my videographer, who's phenomenal, I love, yep, Adam is amazing. And and then it just kind of morphed and grew, and and Adam's business changed, and then Troy and I kind of came into, you know know Wichita, right? One degree of separation. And um, although Troy doesn't do the real estate videography the way that Adam Dreyer does, uh, he does incredible video. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, well, let's give this a try. And um, the rest is history. It's, yeah. I mean, Troy's a joy to work for, work with, uh, incredibly talented. He's giving me advice every time I see him. And yeah. it's just really neat to see a lot of other agents and other people use him as well because oh, he deserves that. Yeah. If you're interested in doing a podcast, the studio is awesome. You can yes. check out the Beyond the Pages podcast or yes. the Witch Life podcast to check it out. That's so. right. Yeah. And you just, you just literally turn key. You walk in Show and up, it's all hit set the up. Button, That's right. Start shooting. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, has, podcasting been what you thought it would be? Is it more difficult? Is it, is there anything you've learned about it that you didn't Man, know? it would be really difficult without someone like Troy. Yeah. It would have been really difficult to get started without someone like Brandon Paulsine holding my hand. Mm-hmm. Brandon was so sweet. He would show up to Groover Labs every time I would record and he would make sure everything was set up. And, and then Adam, of course, and it, it would be really difficult without the experts sure. uh, and without, you know, beautiful furniture like this and, and, and equipment and lighting. Um, it is so fun. Yeah. You know, it is just so fun to get to know these people a little bit more. Like that's why we named it Beyond the Pages, right? yeah. Beyond the Ad, Beyond the Story. Yeah. Um, you dig in a little bit more. And now whether anyone's listening to it or not, I don't know. I don't care. Right. I enjoy it. The people that come on the podcast enjoy it. And that's that's all that matters for me. No, I agree 100%. When I first started, it was interviewing my little brother who was playing college football and he had just won a JUCO national title and I didn't have anything. It was literally set up my phone and use like the voice notes yes. to record the conversation. But yeah. it's like, again, I don't really care if people listen. Like I That's get right. to hear these stories and like we would probably be having a similar conversation over coffee or lunch. So it's That's like, right. I might as well record it so more people can learn about your story or That's our right. story. So, yeah. Well, and you do, you start out rough, right? If you look at the very bottom, yeah. if anyone has time uh, to go to the very first post that we were ever making on our platforms, like, it did not start out pretty. No, it it not did not good. start out good, yeah, right? Good. Um, just like Drake started my uh, Doberman's Instagram and I took over like two weeks later. I was like, you suck, I'm taking this over. <laughs> and so now they have their own Instagram and I feel yeah. like it's it's yeah. a little bit better, but yeah. you gotta start somewhere. Absolutely. You just do. Um, Real quick, I guess before we get to be local, events, happy hours, are you still doing that stuff with your producers? How yeah. how does the event side of things? That's a whole nother thing. We've done a little bit yes. with events and it's a whole nother Oh kind man, of isn't on. it something? Yeah. It's like planning a wedding. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So with Real Producers, we have done several parties. We were doing about two huge parties a year, meaning three to four hundred people were coming. Mm-hmm. And um and it was fun and I loved it, but it was exhausting. And oh, I yeah. had to raise five figures every time to be able to right 
put on these incredible events. And so thanks to COVID, right, there's always a silver lining. Yep. Not only did QR codes come back, so we love that for advertising, <laughs> um, but smaller gatherings were born out of COVID. Yeah. And um, I have just continued on with those gatherings. So yes, we have a monthly happy hour. Cool. In fact, ours is this evening. Uh, for the Real Producers Happy Hours, they are very um, invite only, uh, only for my business advertising partners and then for the agents that I invite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the agents that are invited are, um, I'm a lot more loose with that, sure. right? Any agent that shows up is, is, is welcome, right. to be honest. Now, I'm not going to invite all 2,400 realtors because that would right. be a really big barbell for my, <laughs> uh, for my sponsors to cover. But anyone that's been featured... Um, and then any agent partners that any of my advertising partners would like to bring on sure. are invited. Nice. And so we typically have between 50 and 75 people wow, every month. Awesome, yeah. And it is. It's really nice. It's good networking. Um, it always happens on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday evening. Yeah. And they... Um, it's just some nice value add, right? It gets these these businesses in front of agents in ways that they never probably could have forged either was. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, Be Local. Yes. Tell us a little bit about Be Local. How did yeah. Be Local start? Be Local is like your little sister. Be <laughs> <laughs> uh, Local is also a, another um, magazine, another franchise underneath our publishing umbrella. The Be Local is a new mover product, uh, meaning that it's a resource, a comprehensive guide that goes to everyone that has a new address in Wichita's most populated 22 zip codes. Okay. So I can't say that it goes to every single new mover sure. because data is never perfect. Right. And the U.S. Postal Service delivery system is not perfect either. Right. But for the most part, if you are a new mover, whether that means you are a local moving from one address to another or you're genuinely brand new to Wichita, you're going to receive that gorgeous Be Local magazine in the mail sure. for free mm-hmm. within those first 30 to uh, thirty to 45 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other nice thing is that we've we've married it, as you know, with the power of social media, yeah. right? So having a presence on social media, having the digital magazine, making it available to anybody. So if someone hasn't been seeing Be Local, all they have to do is search us on social media. Yeah. Um, but the physical magazine is um, just this beautiful evergreen product where there's content in there for every walk of life. Sure. And so they realize this, they realize that it's not just something you look at. It's not some junk mail, you know, that you get in the mailbox when you move. Um, they're going to hang on to it. They're yeah. going to realize that it's full of useful information. And then eventually they're going to be trained to turn to be local social media wise. Yeah. Um, like you, ba- you wrote our Wichita life wrote our, our welcome to Wichita mm-hmm. note. And that's yeah. still in there. And, um, and I've also collaborated with other people like Audra Donnell yeah. and Wichita mom blog, Angela green, um, other influencers in town that love the city just as much as we do. Mm-hmm. And I want, because I want to shout you guys out. If they're yeah. new to Wichita or they're finally ready to get out of their COVID shell and they want to start exploring, then they need to have all these resources, right? Because sure. they're going to they're gonna go to you for one thing, maybe us for another, Angela yeah. for something else. Um, so it, again, just the rising tide. Yeah, for sure. Um, from a business perspective, how do you kind of, I don't know, balance or pitch like the social side of things versus like the magazine? Like do if I'm an advertiser, am I looking at like, okay, I really value that you're sending this awesome magazine out that will sit on their coffee table or they like, you do pair that with the social. How do you kind of pitch that to them? Yeah. So with the social, um, anyone that's an advertising partner is going to get more social media love on our page. That's just, that's just the nature of it. Um, but we are allowing people to do sponsored posts, um, like one-off sponsored posts, uh, it makes sense. But most of the time we, we try to keep it very organic, right? Like coffee days open. So of course we're going to go shout them out, you know, new, a new event coming up, you know, the, the parade, you know, we wanted to do something fun for that. Um, but we, we do have the, the capacity to, um, allow them to just do social stuff and digital stuff if they so choose. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so it's 2023. 
how do you pitch something? Because some people be like, okay, who cares about magazines? Yes, how Ooh, do you, I love that objection. How, how, do you, how do you pitch out or what would you say to that objection? I love it. I'm not scared of objections anymore. It's like, bring it. I've done thousands of sales meetings. My skin is super thick now. Um, print is not dead. It's what's being printed, whether mm-hmm. it's relevant or not. For sure. Right. And so just, I want you to put your yourself in the mind frame of the last time you moved. And when you moved, your mailbox was inundated with junk mail for right. a long time. Oh, yeah. Even as an established homeowner like myself, I've been in my house for over three years. I still get junk mail every single day. Mm-hmm. And most of us can count it a good day when we go to the mailbox and it's all junk mail and we can throw it away. Yep. I'm the weirdo with the marketing brain that keeps those and calls on those people because they already believe in print advertising. Sure. So smart, yeah. print advertising works, but you have to hit your target audience and you had to hit them at the right time. Right. And that's why Be Local is so um, powerful. You're hitting these people right when they've moved. They're establishing all these new buying habits. New movers are clearly a very sought after target market for most every single business and town and you're i mean you're you're hitting the nail right on the head right when they need yeah. it yeah absolutely i think something interesting too is like the cyclical nature of everything but like marketing or advertising because it's for me like email newsletters like i'm not the first person with an email newsletter uh, like morning brew kind of re-kicked that off in whatever 2016 2017 but it's like if you ask somebody in 2010 if email marketing is like or like obviously email marketing is a thing but like email newsletters or something like that they'd be like okay email is like from the nineties or early two thousands, like right. it's already too, too packed, but it's kind of yeah. making a comeback. Same with magazines. I think, I think people value like, again, after COVID, like you're not in person, you do this stuff. It's like some, having something yes. tangible to hold on to has some value. A lot of people are like, you know, I'm the person that's making checklists instead of doing it on my phone. I usually am redundant, yeah. Oh, for sure. but it's, people do want that physicality. They, um, what happened is when social media and digital, you know, took such a, a popular rise, people, went too far that way. And now they're correcting a little bit more. And if someone has marketing dollars, um, just like investments with our own money, we have to diversify those. Yeah. If you want to be seen, you have to be on several platforms in several different you know, mm-hmm. ways in several different mediums. And if you're going to be spending money on print marketing, like this is a no brainer. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so do you, I can't remember, do you do events for Be Local or any meetups no. or anything like that? Have you ever tried that? We did try that yeah. in the beginning yeah. and they just weren't as, they were more business to business. It was yeah. for my business advertising partners for sure. Um, because I absolutely cannot share that list of new movers, you know, yeah, that, that there's protection yeah, there. Sure. And so um, I didn't want to abuse having, con- you know, those kinds of contacts. Mm-hmm. So it's just a different platform. And I had to learn that the hard yeah. way that, you know, I could not make be local fit the real producers mold. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different animal, totally different niche, totally different uh, purpose. Um, and we, you know, I'm not to say that we won't ever do events for be local, but right now we're just really focusing on social media because for we sure. know how powerful that is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so digital stuff is easy to kind of keep up to date. The product itself, how often is that changing month to month, year to year? How does that look? Yeah. So it's a monthly magazine. Mm -hmm. So the beauty there is that I have the chance to constantly update it and I will full, uh, fully admit that I am looking at your page and I'm reading your emails twice a week when you're, because you, you are staying abreast of all the, the restaurants opening and closing. And not only am I using Trussell and, and, and Darren Hackney because they have their, their, um, you know, their live local, um, food vlogging, but I, I'm able to keep it updated and relevant. Mm-hmm. Mo- majority of the content though stays evergreen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we're not gonna have an advertiser put in their Black Friday special ad because sure. that's probably gonna live right. a long time. You don't wanna see that in May. Um, but as the seasons change, like I'll bring the tornado piece back in, yep. you know, on, and I'll bring like the gardening piece in. Yeah. I, um, 
you know, as seasons change, I can change content a little bit, but it is, it is very much evergreen. Whereas yeah. real producers is a brand new 60 pages every single month. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What does your team look like? Cause you're running two kind of big, yes. big publications. What does your team look like? I know you, get a, you have some help with social media, I think, but yes. what does your team kind of top to bottom look like? Yeah. Uh, me and all my personalities, right? No, <laughs> I, so for real producers, it's very heavy on real producers. So I've got three professional photographers. I've got Troy's my videographer. Mm-hmm. I have a professional writer. I have my assistant who's remote and my ad strategist who is remote. Um, and then I have um, an incredible woman named Vanessa Whiteside who mm-hmm. helps me yeah. with my social media strategy. Very cool. And she runs the algorithms and, and the data and we powwow once a, a month and it's incredibly powerful. I've been using um, Vanessa for over a year wow. and she is- yeah, She does a great job. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. And then on the be local side, um, I'll have the same assistant that's remote, the ad strategist that's remote, mm-hmm. and then social media. And so I hired Brand Five okay, my yeah, social media. Yeah. Oh, those girls Katie are killing it! I love Katie awesome. and Amanda and everyone, and um, and that's really just the team on be local. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's small. I say we are small but mighty. Yeah, and it it works. That's I very mean, cool. it's I am still learning every day how to balance my time mm-hmm. um, and where to spend my time. You know, I've got these two these two children that both continue that need to continue to grow. Sure. And um, it's not easy, but it is absolutely enjoyable. Sure. I enjoy every moment of it. Yeah, that's very, very cool. Um, what have either or both publications taught you about yourself? Uh, I am capable of so much more than I ever imagined. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's huge is helping enough people get what they want. I'm getting what I want out yeah. of life. And, you know, that's not just monetarily, but just connection wise, sure. you know, and having these friends and having these connections and, you know, seeing you and Candace when Lululemon opened or going almost anywhere in town, East side yeah. or West side and knowing somebody everywhere yeah. is that fills my heart. Like, I love that. I love this city. I love uh, just growing my sphere. And, um, but I, I have also learned that I, since I'm on, 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 and always in meetings and always in interviews and sales, um, I do need that time to recharge. And so COVID taught me to be a homebody. And so I think I'm, I'm more balanced now between an extrovert and an introvert. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's healthy as well. Um, what does Wichita need? What is Wichita missing? Needs more people like you and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I gosh, Landon, that's a tough one. I think we need people with more genuine, true intentions to better our city mm-hmm. and not forward their agenda. Yeah, and I'm not just talking about politically. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think people need to look at the better, the bigger picture and what's best for our city as whole, mm-hmm. and detach themselves from emotional things, and we have such great potential here. We really do. And I, I would love this city to be even better. I would love for my 17 year old to be sitting in this chair when he's 40 and say, this is not the Wichita I grew up in as a teenager sure. because it's that much better. Yeah, absolutely. I want Wichita to be twice as awesome in 20 years for our children mm-hmm. and their children as it is now for us. Yeah. It feels like the last probably, I don't know, since I graduated high school, I graduated in 2011, but it's like the last... 13 years, 10 or 10 to 13 years, there's been like a resurgence in pride and stuff like that. But it also feels like we're just at like the very, yeah, the very tip of it. Like it feels like we're on about to tip over to whatever that is. I don't know what that means, but like with just new stuff downtown, the new stadium, all that kinds of stuff. Well, you know, I was talking with some um, commercial lenders uh, the week before spring break. So two weeks ago and um, 
there, yes, none of us can deny inflation right now. Not going to lie. I can spend what sure. I used to spend at Dylan's in one week, what I used to spend in a month. But um, when you see all the construction, especially all the commercial construction, the cranes, mm-hmm. the everything going up on all parts of the town, do not tell me that we are in that kind of a recession. There's no way. Right. I mean, not when you're seeing this much growth and, and development happening in our city. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yes. Um, couple kind of random questions I have for you. And Let's then I it. have some questions that I ask everybody. Okay. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. All right. Um, first, uh, the thread. Yes. You mentioned Audra. What yes. can you talk about your experience with the thread a little bit? I believe you were in cohort two. I was in cohort two. So tell yes. us about that. And like yes. maybe some of the relationships you've made with those women from that cohort. What does that look like? Yeah. Uh, God bless Audra and her team. Um, they, She is a, an amazing entrepreneur. And she brought something to Wichita that we need. We need more things like that. Yeah. More outside of the box ideas. For sure. Where you're so scared to implement it because you don't know if it's going to work. And you you don't regret what you didn't do. Right. <laughs> so you... Um, you the cohort was amazing um, mentally, physically, spiritually. I made connections that I think I'll always have. I made connections with women women that I might not have ever been able to come across. Sure. And you learn a lot about yourself. It is really about self-development. Don't become part of the thread if you think you're just going in there to help build your business. Sure. No, you're going in there to build your heart and your soul. You're going in there to learn more about yourself as a woman, who you are, um, who you aren't. And you're around women that are safe. You know, Mm -hmm. they've left the cattiness of high school behind them. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't be in that cohort if they were going to be sabotaging uh, or catty. So I I love that. And I'm excited to see it grow. I know cohort um, five kickoff is happening in a couple Mm -hmm. weeks. So I'm excited to go to that and Mm -hmm. and welcome all the ladies. Um, Because every time that there's a new one, everyone starts very like closed off and very nervous. And then you can see like by the end, they're all loving and hugging and crying (laughs) and, you know, best friends. And uh, I still, I'm still connected to those ladies and I can do business with some of those ladies now. And that was just the icing on the cake. That was never the purpose of joining. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I think when she first, I think she called me, it was during COVID and telling me about it. I was like, I still don't really understand. Right. But like now seeing more yes. products, their graduates or what, yes. however they're yep. uh, termed. The alumna. Uh, yeah. The alumna and just seeing how cool and the community she's built. It's insane. Yep. So she's built really an cool. amazing yeah. community as well. Yeah, very cool. Yes. We need um, more of that. How long have you been doing a vision board? And yes. What's on it for 2023? Uh, this is such a good question. So my friend, uh, my sweet friend, Shayla Holman, um, invited me over in early 2018 to make a vision board. And I still have that vision board. I just keep covering up the numbers, the 18 to the 19 and then the 20 and the 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's on it is a lot of words, a lot of like affirmations, positive things, um, some pictures, but mostly a lot of words that have meaning to me or like little lists of things that I would want to accomplish. And sure. I've left a lot of the things on there that I have already accomplished. Accomplished mm-hmm. because it's incredible to see that come to fruition. Absolutely. But it's right there. You know, my desk faces a wall and on the wall in front of me is, um, you know, some things for work, my vision board. And um, so I'm looking at it every day subconsciously. I'm soaking it in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I, 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 I love I've not done boards. one, but it's a, I like, like the idea. You've got to get a huge stack of magazines and just go for it. It's never too late. Yeah. Just, it's all right. It's in March. Just do it. There we go. <laughs> um, you're a single mom. Yes. Tell me about the challenges, kind of what yeah. you learned about yourself, the parallels between entrepreneurship, anything like that. What can you tell me oh, about that? Oh, gosh. Well, That's a loaded might, question. You but. might make me cry on that one. Um, I, I am a single mom. Um, I've been mom and dad to Drake since he was nine months old, and yeah. he is an incredible soul. He is so forgiving. I've put him through hell for sure, but um, he is hilarious. 
and he is so motivated, so kind, just um, such a good boy. I think you met him yeah, there. He, yeah. Very and nice kid. He is, um, he is my best friend for sure. Uh, he, he understands me. He has, I've been very open with him. I mean, very open as far as my struggles. You know, when I was launching Real Producers, we had to move back in with my mom. Yeah. And I had drained my savings account and I actually took out a line of credit. Um, and I, we were living, we were living very poor. You yeah. know, I was a poor sure. single mom. And I, that was my motivation was to work my ass off. There was no way Real Producers was not going to work for me. And he was there through all of it. And now, you know, now he's reaping those rewards. And he... We have a lot of fun. I mean, more more often than not, we are more talking as friends. Yeah. Very rarely do I have to come down on him as a parent. Sure. Um, we just, we get along really well. And he's very open. He's very honest. And we laugh a lot. Uh, so he's, he's a really good kid. I feel really yeah. lucky. I, you know, my mom and my dad were a very integral part of me being a young single mother because I had him. Sure. Um, I got pregnant in college mm -hmm. and at KU and came back, had the baby, my parents helped raise him. My parents were essentially my spouse. And so yeah. they infused so much love and stability into him to allow me to work through being 23 and having a child. Yeah. And it all turned out really well. And I think what, what that has taught him is he is capable of so much and he can, he can do whatever he wants to do. And Absolutely. I'm going to be his biggest cheerleader. I've got his back no matter what. And I, I'm really excited to see what he's going to become. Yeah, absolutely. I am too. Yeah. He has a great role model uh, for, I mean, what love looks like and hardworking. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Landon. What is something you often recommend to people? Books, podcasts, movies, anything like that? My favorite book is The Miracle Morning. Okay. I read that book in 2016 and it has changed my life. Okay. And I say changed my life because I basically do something of that book every single day. Wow. And I would say that's life changing, right? Yeah, it yeah. it, it altered what I do with my mornings. It made me a morning person. Um, and it made me do a lot more meditation and affirmation and reading and visualization and all of those things. Um, I just think it's phenomenal. I think his story is amazing. Um, I, I think that's probably the thing that I recommend to people the okay. most. I recommend, um, I mean, just movement exercise. I yeah. think it's your best drug. I think it's your best fix. Uh, I'm just a huge health nut. And yeah. I think that, you know, we only get one chance in this tent, in this physical body that yeah. our soul is living in. And we have to take care of it if we want to live well into our eighties and nineties. And my grandmother's 93, we've got centenarians in my lineage on the, on the, my mother's side and the, on the females. And I want to be a centenarian as well. And Absolutely. so that starts at a very young age. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I will definitely link that below and check it out. So yes, thank you. Hal Elrod. He's amazing. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite failure in any aspect of your life? Well, I think what I thought was a failure of getting pregnant in college uh, turned out to be the biggest blessing in my life. Um, that was a that was a very tough time. You know, I was studying to go to dental school, studying for my DAT when I found out that I was pregnant, mm -hmm. and um, I felt that my life was over. I felt that I'd ruined my life. Um, there was no question if I wanted to have that baby. I'd always wanted to be a mother. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't the right timing sure. for me at the time, but. Um, that failure turned out to be, yeah, the the reason for my life, the yeah. reason I work so hard, the reason that I get up, the reason that um, I'll never stop trying. Yeah, and God is perfect timing, even it if we always, if, even if we can't see it. It's true. Um, flip side of that question: What is your definition of success? Yeah, so we touched on that a little bit. I would say 
doing what you love and and not feeling like it's a chore, not feeling like it's a job. I think when you when you're doing what you love, you're making money at it and you're also making an impact. I think that's a trifecta. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The Venn diagram. Yeah. Um, tell me about, Ooh, don't take me back to high school. Don't do that. <laughs> tell me about a life motto that you live by or what is some of the best advice that you've ever received? Um, you know, I, you can either live with the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And I read that to myself every morning. I said that out loud or I would read it um, in order to force myself to become a morning person. And now I can't help but wake up by mm-hmm. 6 a.m. Um, I think also that if you let love win, you know, I'm a big believer in just loving all of our humans, you know, loving you as a person, you as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there is something to love in every single person and um, just always defaulting to that. Yeah, absolutely. What is a habit? We've touched on this a little bit. What is a habit that you've developed over the past few years that most improve your life? So since 2018, you've done the, yeah, the vision the, board, yeah, the vision board and miracle yeah. morning stuff. Um, are there any other habits you've developed? Yeah, I think professionally, the biggest habit that's helped me is time blocking. Right. So looking at that calendar and and getting things organized and controlling your calendar so it doesn't control you. And so I am very um, regimented in the way that I, I operate. And so every Monday I'm always working from home, doing admin and calls and, and working in the business. Um, and then Tuesday through Friday, all my sales appointments and calls yeah. and, and realtor interviews and, and loving on business partners are doing yeah. community networking things. But I think time blocking is um, powerful. Yeah. Something I could uh, definitely take some notes from. So, yes, um, especially with the, with the third on the way, yeah, you're going to exactly. need more time blocking. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite part of Wichita, or what's a hidden gem in Wichita? Ooh, oh gosh, this is hard. Uh, my favorite part of Wichita. So I live out east, close to Andover, yeah. and I love nothing more than taking Douglas or Central all the way downtown, or mm-hmm. First Street, yeah. or Second Street, I should say, because Second goes uh, west. I I just love the art that you see. I love the people. It's like the perfect amount of busyness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do try to take different routes. I yeah. have um, a very intelligent uncle uh, who is my business mentor. And he, that's his biggest advice is, well, number one, to delegate everything, right? So that your business can operate without you. Not there yet. But um, to always take different routes, you know, because he's a big believer in the butterfly um, effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just never know what you're going to see or who you're going to run into by taking different routes or going sure. to different grocery stores. So I love that we we can get around very easily in Wichita. But as far as a hidden gem, um, I would say... Gosh, that would be really difficult. Um, I I love just the different dog parks. Oh I yeah, yeah. I, there's there's a couple of dog parks. Um, not that my dogs are the best behaved dogs. When yeah. it comes to dog parks, I need to go at times when there's not a lot of sure. other dogs there, or I can put them in their own fence. Um, but I would like to see more of that. Actually, I would yeah. like to see more um, green spaces, more dog parks, yeah. things like that. Uh, I told Will Murfin that he needs to turn that that property uh, at Central and 13th, or I'm sorry, 13th and Webb into like a paid dog park oh, yeah. uh, business idea where a membership-based, sure. re- they make it really nice. It could be like the Cedric County Park of East Wichita. Yeah. And I would pay a pretty penny to be able to have access to that kind of a dog yeah. park. So inventors, it's investors, yeah, get out there, create take, that. Take the idea and run with it. Please people. create that for us. And then just give me a discount on membership. That's all I ask. <laughs> I've been to the Andover dog park and it's really nice, yeah. but I haven't been to many other ones, but yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, something that a lot of people liked when I interviewed Troy actually, um, was 
you don't have to say these are the exact top three, but what are your top three or so restaurants in Wichita? If you had to recommend three restaurants to somebody that was coming to Wichita. I would say Red Rock is my favorite. I've been, to, I've been going to Red Rock since before Drake was born and Drake is 17. Uh, I would say Il Vicino is my favorite pizza. And what else? I am, I'm a big fan of Newport. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Especially cool. um, at the right time of the year when you're yeah. sitting out on the patio yeah. and you can be looking at the water and the ducks and the people. Sure. And I think they always give good service and it's yeah. just delicious food. So for, go to Bradley Fair. Go to Bradley Fair. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah. Um, and we talked about this a little bit, but is there anything you wish Wichita had that it doesn't or what would you improve about Wichita? Well, I'm very happy that we have Top Golf. Uh, yes, uh, the, yeah. That's where all the teenagers hang out, by the way. So if you can blame it on all the teenagers for it being so busy and not getting any bays. Um, yeah, I would like to see, I would just like to see more development along our river. Yes. So 50 years ago, when my grandfather, who was a builder alongside Willard Garvey, was helping develop our city, you know, on both sides of the river, mm -hmm. um, he had visions to really make that river a focal point, clean it up and just get stuff on both sides of it. It's just such a natural draw. Mm -hmm. And we are still either too close-minded or running our own agendas. Mm -hmm. And, and that's disheartening. We've sure. got this amazing gem right here and we need to utilize it. Yeah. So uh, to our local city officials <laughs> and our soon to be newly elected city officials, um, we need to capitalize on that because we're really missing out. That yeah. is low hanging fruit. I agree. I think I mentioned that to somebody when I interviewed them somewhat recently too, but it's like, I don't even know what that looks like. As somebody that like isn't yeah. in the industry, it's like, obviously there's a century two option. You take that off the table and develop that. Right. We, won't, we don't need to get We don't need to go there. Yeah. Get we, canceled or do whatever. Exactly. Um, Let's not take although, anyone off. To be fair, I would be fine with tearing it down. Just right. if people need to know what side I'm on, I... I'm, I'm on fine. your if side. You, you could convince me to keep it, but I'm fine with tearing it down. Well, you look at the data and it's very clear. But. Exactly. Um, but like Gander Mountain, like that was kind of a flop. And I think I it's know. king of freight now. But yes. it's like, do they need a big office building right there? Or can well, we? I don't think they do anymore right. with this so, day and age. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even know if there's people working. I don't even know if they're working remote or what. But it's like, can we right. move them elsewhere and right. raise that or do something? Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's yeah, a lot of space. I mean, you but. go down to like um, Oklahoma City and they've got all of that, the boat uh, boathouse yeah. area. Oh my gosh, it's phenomenal. I was just thinking of that the other day. Like they've got like this vertical climbing gym that like adults can do and all yeah. these different things. Like get more stand-up paddleboards, get more kayaks, yeah. get more water activities down there, especially with our Keeper of the Plains and what happens in the evenings. And I mean, it could just be such a another great, awesome thing to do. Get boat rides, yeah. get, you know, restaurants over the water. Yeah. It, there's just, just look at other, just lovingly plagiarized from across the nation, yeah. right? You, oh, for sure, just, yeah. just, just by implementing some of their ideas and, and picking from all different cities and, you know, bringing that all together as a combination, um, that's not hurting them. It's only going to help us. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Um, last question. What does Wichita mean to you? Well, Wichita means home. Wichita means, uh, I think that we're perfectly balanced. I think that we're very lucky to live in the middle of the United States. I always say that we have a crystal ball here. We can see what's about to hit us, what's coming from the coast. So we can insulate ourselves. We can prepare, we can create, we can abort, whatever that looks like with our businesses. Um, but I think Wichita is, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a, an excellent place to call home. I'm really proud to be from Wichita. I agree hundred percent. Sam, thank you so much for coming on. This was thank a lot of fun to talk. So um, much fun. Where can people find your different projects? Yeah. So you can go to, um, you can find Wichita Real Producers or Be Local Wichita on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, uh, YouTube for Real Producers. Um, 
yeah, just just find me. It's pretty easy. My last name is very complicated. Samantha Luciarini. Luciarini. <laughs> Luciarini. I had to say it out loud, so yeah. there we go. Luciarini. Yeah, thank you there so much, Landon. Awesome. Yep, thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. Check us out on social media at Wichita Life ICT or our website, wichitalifeict.com. Huge thanks to Jake B for editing and producing our podcast. Have a good one and we'll see you next time.